Hey everyone, welcome back to Every Version Ever. My name is Jonathan North, and in today's episode we're talking about a version starring one of the same actors we talked about last time, Alastair Sim. In the last episode, I shared the time that Rachel Wagner introduced me to one of the most famous versions of all time, the black and white classic from 1951 starring Alastair Sim. But did you know that that was not the only time he's portrayed Scrooge on screen? Quite a bit less well-known is the 1971 animated version, and today I'm joined by my friend Eli Sanza to talk about just that. So, why don't you tell us what you like about this one and why you chose it? Okay, yeah, the uh, Richard Williams version of A Christmas Carol. I chose this one to be the movie that we talked about because I really liked particularly the uh, animation style of this version. I liked Mm -hmm. the fact that this the one was darker than other Christmas Carol adaptations. And also the pedigree behind the filmmakers who worked on this also really interesting to me because there are some people behind this animated short that I really admire in the animation community. Mm -hmm. So this one I thought was uh, rich for discussion. Yeah. When did you first see this one? You know what? I actually just saw this one about a year ago. It was actually, for the first time, I actually saw it about a year ago because even though it came out in like the 70s, mm-hmm. I had never actually uh, heard of it or gotten a chance to watch it in, in any capacity because I didn't see it on video or, or it didn't come on TV or anything. So it was sort of like hidden away from me until, until I started... Um, learning more about Richard Williams, the guy who directed it, because I became a fan of him kind of later in life, too. And as soon as I started looking into his filmography, I discovered this. So my love for Richard Williams, which sort of evolved from the short film he made called Prologue, which came out a few years ago. As soon as I saw that, then my fandom of him Sort of grew and then that's when i started looking at his past films and then i discovered this and so i just watched it based on that just just recently and so i'm kind of a recent fan of it yeah i had not seen this one at all until you suggested watching it i think i'd heard about this one but i'd never watched it oh, okay so you just so you just finished it for the first time recently right yeah like just less than a half hour ago <laughs> okay so your reaction is going to be fresh yeah basically yeah okay so my overall impression was i really liked the animation it had good music i liked that it was kind of a darker take on it and that's probably about it because i wasn't a huge fan of the characters like even Scrooge, Alistair Sim voiced Scrooge and he did he did a great job as Scrooge in a live action version in either nineteen fifty one or fifty nine, I can't remember. I reviewed that one with Rachel like the first year that I was doing this series. And right. he was great in that one, but I didn't feel the same way about this one because like a lot of what he was doing just kind of felt like he was reading the lines. There wasn't 
as much emotion as I expected. Like, there was some emotional variation, but not a whole lot. He didn't really seem all that nasty at the beginning. He just seemed like he was kind of tired and depressed. (laughs) Instead (laughs) of, like, mean and cantankerous. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the the version that you were talking about that you watched with Rachel, which is which was called Scrooge, and it came out in 1951. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. That one, I hear, I hear, I haven't watched that one, but I heard people raved about that, and that it was that it was really good. And I get you saw it, so I guess you would know. Yeah. But yeah, I heard that that one was so good that it's, I'm not that surprised that uh, his the follow up work in this animated version wasn't as good Mm -hmm. but beyond that i also felt like and this i kind of figured this going in seeing as how it's only about 25 minutes it felt Mm -hmm. very rushed it felt like a very abbreviated version of the story Uh, you could really tell when they were cutting things out to save time like i've seen enough versions that i kind of know how the story's supposed to go and I know when things are missing. So I could really tell in this one that things were getting cut out just to keep things going at a really quick pace. Well, I have seen versions of this story on film multiple times before I finally watched this. So I noticed exactly what you're talking about. It felt really rushed. And you could, it's to be expected because it is like a 20-minute film. Mm-hmm. So it's not that surprising, but it's it sort of gets in the way of the enjoyment of it when it's so noticeable. And I, and I don't know if it's exactly anyone's fault that it felt rushed, uh, other than the fact that just simply the story just is too big to be contained within mm-hmm. that time frame. So I think so. I think it might just be the time length's fault. I think that the filmmakers were doing what they could within that time frame as best as they could and 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 it's not like it was completely a waste of time because it's not the animation is beautiful and all that mm-hmm. yeah but i i saw i see exactly what you're talking about it it did feel like it was it was hindered by its short time length mm-hmm. yeah most short versions feel like they need to be longer i would say the the only one that does a good job of masking how short it is is Mickey's Christmas Carol, because even though it's very short and you can tell it's short, they somehow keep it going at a good enough pace that it doesn't feel like it's harming the story too much. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Mickey's Christmas Carol did a great job with that story. It, it did not feel rest at all. And it was also an Oscar-nominated short film, just like this one. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was made by Disney artists, and they're great storytellers all the mm-hmm. time. So it's not I'm not surprised that they did so well with it. Yeah, this one it definitely wasn't a bad film. I just I feel like I wanted it to be like I I said this in the last one that I reviewed. I reviewed one with Mark the other day, and it didn't have the same problems. But I feel like my takeaway is about the same in that. It had a lot of potential. I just wish it were a little bit better than it was, but for totally different reasons, because his was a newer version from the 90s, and this one, this one, I like the art style a lot more than I liked that art style, and I liked, well, 
it's kind of hard to explain without you having seen it. Have you seen the 97 version? <laughs> no, sorry, I haven't. Okay, well, I probably I shouldn't get too much into it because I'm already doing an episode on that. But anyway, my takeaway is about the same in that it's another animated version and it had a lot of good things about it, but it didn't live up to what I wanted it to live up to. But totally different reasons. Oh, okay, so it was the '90s version that you saw was that was that a feature length version? Yeah, it was just over an hour. So, oh, okay. It didn't feel like it was abbreviated, but it needed. I felt like the animation needed to be just a little bit better. The music definitely needed to be better. Like the music in this <laughs> one, even though there was hardly any music, was way better than the music in the '90s version because it was like a full-on musical, and it was not good <laughs> in terms of. <laughs> Okay, well, well, Richard Williams always is, has um, great animation in his film, so I'm not yeah. surprised that the yeah the seventies Christmas Carol that you just watched that one. I agree, the art is amazing in this. Yeah, I kind of wish that they would have made this a full length movie, maybe gotten a different Scrooge, or at least made him do a few more line reads to get a little more emotion out of him. Because the animation and the art style, that's the best thing about this. Because it looks so good. I really like the sketchy, I think it was called like a woodblock. It was styled after like woodblock art, like prints, woodblock prints maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It, was actually, it was actually based off the illustrations of the original book. Okay. Yeah, this, the style of the animation and the backgrounds and everything looks great. Like... I would I would rewatch this one again just for the art. Even though I wasn't a big fan of the voices, the art was great. So I would recommend it just to animation fans just based on the art alone. You know, I would I would second to that because my my favorite part about this is the animation. If 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 it weren't for the animation, I don't think I would enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. So that actually is a a good note when recommending this because you I've seen so many versions of this story. So it's not like the story is going to exactly pull me in because I already know it's going to happen. But if you just want to see a different version of it with that, with a different like visual style, it's 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 it's, just, it's interesting. Yeah, visually, this is probably one of the best ones that I've seen. I really liked, and when I say that something is darker, this this I feel like dark has multiple meanings in this one because. Just visually, it's very dark beyond just being kind of creepier in some places. Mm-hmm. I and I really liked that about it. It really fit, especially with the art style. Yeah. But like I said, it's two two meanings too dark because there were some creepy parts to this. Like Marley is one of the most horrifying Marleys in any version yeah. that I've seen. Like oh, I agree. <laughs> even the the two thousand nine one. That one was really creepy, especially with the jaw thing. But there was something about the way they did it in this one that I think is even more creepy than the 2009 one. Yeah, totally. It's, that's one of the best-looking like character designs I've ever seen with, with Marley's ghost. Uh-huh. Yeah, just really creepy. Yeah. And then The Ghost of Christmas Past was not that creepy, but it was different than i'm used to for the ghost of christmas past i think they they still followed the like in the book the ghost of christmas past is 
described as like their head is like a candle flame, something like that. And I think that they leaned into that in a different way than I've seen before with the head yeah. sort of kind of flickering and being like double or triple sometimes. Yeah, it was really interesting looking at the character design. I, I kind of wanted more from the voice, though, because I'm kind of used to, even though the Ghost of Christmas Past is usually the quietest ghost, I, they usually do something with the voice to make it, I don't know, stand out more, like they add echo or reverb or something so that uh, gives it like a force. But this, it was just, they were very quiet. Yeah, well, yeah, they they played this, the actor who played that role was subdued about it. It was very non-flashy. Uh-huh. And I will say that even though I didn't feel like the version as a whole had a whole lot of emotion, the scene when Scrooge and Belle break up, even though it was super short, I felt like that was the most emotional part of the whole thing. Just There was something about her delivery that was just really good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with that. And I also agree with that. Like, one of the reasons why the story, like, it's so popular because it usually it, it, if you keep the bare like uh, the core themes of the book it's usually successful in whatever film you're adapting it to because the themes are just so great and and in this one the idea that Scrooge Ebenezer Scrooge is like cares more about getting rich than he does about his his his, his girlfriend. It, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of, there's something kind of sad about that and and that usually always resonates with no matter which version of the story you're watching yeah but the, there was just something about the way she delivered her lines that just felt more emotional and heavy than most versions that i've seen she was just uh, whoever the actress was that played bell was just she was really good yeah yeah i know i agree one of the weirdest things in this version, I feel like, was the ghost of Christmas present. Mainly because <laughs> it looked like he had a full head of hair on his chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like he had meticulously combed it, so it was parted down the middle. It was very strange. Yeah, yeah, that was, I noticed that. It was a weird look. I was like, wow, his chest is completely hair. It's not hairs it's just hair yeah i think they were just like trying to like save money on art by this let's just let's just color his whole chest like completely brown that'll save money yeah i suppose if they did like traditional chest hair it probably the way they were doing like the sketchy style it probably would have been very animated it might have looked like static almost so i suppose yeah, they were was- doing it that way so it looked better maybe but it just I, <laughs> weird to me. yeah uh, well i get what can you do i guess i guess they were on a budget and then the scene with the ghost of christmas present there was another kind of weird scene in there too that i don't know if this is from the book or not because it's been ages since i've read the book and i don't think this is something that if it's in the book other versions don't usually include it they're just kind of flying around looking at random people on Christmas. Like mm-hmm. he said, they were looking at miners and then they're like flying out to sea and looking at a sailor. And it was just, it felt really out of place. And the scenes were just so quick that it was like, if this is in the book, 
I feel like it could have been cut really easily and given that time to something else because like at the Cratchit's house, it, they didn't spend very long there. Like you could tell all that dialogue was super abbreviated. And then they hardly spent any time at his nephew's house. I think his nephew had like a line or two while they were there and that was about it. So it yeah. felt like that this strange scene of them just flying around looking at all these random people who don't, play any important part in the story just kind of felt like it filled up some time that could have been given to something else. Yeah. Well, that's the main issue with this film is just the, the time that Mm -hmm. the the time length. It's like, it's compared to like so many other versions. It's just, it's just not up to par. That's just the issue. Like the only thing that really makes the stand out is, is how it looks yeah and in that in that scene with the ghost of christmas present they actually include a scene that is very rare like very few versions include the scene of ignorance and want and i will say that probably the creepiest parts at least ignorance especially i think ignorance was even creepier than marley just the way he looked it was like almost like a skeletal golem or something. It was just really creepy. Want yeah. was creepy too, but not nearly as creepy as Ignorance. Well, yeah, and I and I also liked how they included that because mm-hmm. you don't don't see that in all the other versions. And, and that kind of resonated because it was really creepy. Yeah, it's one of the scenes that very few versions incorporate. Because it is a bit random, and it doesn't. I guess it's not super relevant to the whole story, but I feel yeah. like it's relevant to his character growth more than anything. But it's not one, yeah, that, like super needed. So I think a lot of versions cut it. But I did like that this one included it. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I, I think they. I think it was good that they included it because based on like what the artists did with that scene, it was, it was effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then after that, you get into the ghost of Christmas future and like pretty much everybody in this scene is gross looking. (laughs) Like (laughs) he's gross. (laughs) I don't know, Uh, but it was just, especially like the one of his quote unquote friends not really a friend, but like somebody he knows. There's something about the way he looked and like his nose was super gross and creepy. And, oh god! Uh, yeah, look, yeah. look like a, a melting hawk or something. Right? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did a good job of making the future seem like an uh, unappealing uh, time, which is what they were going for, I guess. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I guess it worked because he he reformed. <laughs> yeah, he he saw that and he was like, "Please, spirit, make me like, give me another chance. I want to change my ways." Then when you get to the the end, when he is reforming, this is another place where it just felt super quick, like super yeah. abbreviated. Like he doesn't even ask the boy at the window to go get the turkey. He goes, he walks by it himself and says he'll send it. And then keeps on going, and you just—it's almost like a montage. Like there were a few yeah. scenes in this that felt like a montage, but 
the end especially felt like a montage yeah. and then by the last scene when he the next day when he gives Cratchit a raise it just sort of ends very abruptly <laughs> yeah well the, the thing about this is uh, that I would tell people before I recommended this is that this kind of feels a little bit more like a more like an homage to a Christmas yeah. Carol than, than a real full adaptation because there are plenty of those that are way better. Mm-hmm. If you just want to see like a version of this that's different from the other versions you've seen and you're a fan of like animated films, then I would totally tell you to watch this. Yeah, and now that you say that, it kind of reminds me of the way that Sarah and I would talk about some of the old silent films that we watched because a lot of times we would say that you really shouldn't watch them unless you're already familiar with the story because it's kind of just watching some of the scenes play out instead of being like a full-on narrative. And this was was sort of a hybrid between that. Like, it was almost a full-on narrative, but it was also just a series of scenes from the book. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's... uh, Well, we talked about that when we were doing that podcast about the movie Nosferatu. It sort of felt... But it sort of felt similar, and that's uh, that. And I think I said this before when we were recording that. But that's a uh, that's a pitfall that a lot of film adaptations of books fall into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but on the whole, I wouldn't say that this is a bad film, and I would definitely recommend it to animation fans. Yeah, me neither. I would not say it's a bad film. I I thought it was like definitely worth watching. I I don't. Really watching it at all i I enjoyed it yeah me too it's definitely not one of my like top five or top ten or whatever but i think it's totally worth watching if you like just different kinds of animation because there aren't very many animated films that look like this one it just has a really unique style yeah especially in those days because like a lot of animation in the 70s was was not really that dynamic it was a little bit more limited like Mm -hmm. but this this one felt like full animation and that was kind of rare in those days if Mm -hmm. you weren't disney yeah okay well i think that's all i've got for notes did you have anything else you wanted to say about it i know that's it i think we covered it all okay well i guess that'll probably be about it then do you want to let right. them know where they can find you? Yeah, yeah. If you want to find me, uh, I'm on Twitter most of the time. And on Twitter, my handle is at eJunkie2014. And if you follow me there, then I will send you a link to my blog, which is where I post about most of the entertainment shows, movies, video games, and my opinions on them. So go to Twitter and I'll see you there. Yeah. And I'll have links in the description as well. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me for this. We'll have to talk about doing another one, one of these days. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I always enjoy talking about films with you. Yep. Well, we'll see you next time. Yeah. See you. Thanks again to Eli for joining me for this episode. I'll have his links in the description below. Next time we're talking about another classic, this time from 1935. My cousin Sarah will be joining me for that one, so make sure you come back for another episode of Every Version Ever. 
Thanks for listening and Merry Christmas. <laughs>